I thought I'd uh, start off uh, the inquiry this morning with a question I received in a note. Uh, Dear Tara, if we are emptiness moving through ever-changing space, is the whole notion of accountability or even remorse bogus? I'm not who I was a moment ago. I was never me. So it's a really good question because uh, for many people this uh, shift of attention and this uh, discovery of, oh, okay, so what I really am is awareness and, and emptiness um, can be in a, in a subtle way kind of a bypass saying, okay, so whatever's going on in this human realm you know, it's all just appearing and dissolving and, you know, there's no self that owns it, so what's the deal, right? So, so just to take a, just a few moments uh, with this question. When we truly recognize this, you know, this nature of awareness, when we're really resting, in that openness and wakefulness, the natural response to whatever arises is tenderness, is appreciation, is compassion, is joy. So that's the expression of emptiness in in action, in activity, is, is, is wisdom. I mean, it's guided by wisdom. So there's no worries if we're truly, wholly realizing and inhabiting emptiness. But what happens is that bypass where there's a way of trying to get away from the self and so we kind of dive into this idea of empty awareness as my nature and there's a bypass of the waves that want attention. And so the guideline is that whenever there's suffering, whenever there's waves calling our attention, if we then exit out and try to say, okay, awareness, awareness, you know, what happens is that we have not really um, brought that that caring, uh, full attention to the wave itself, and we're still actually identified. There is no way to leapfrog into becoming the whole, the one, if we haven't opened to the expression of the wave that's calling our attention. So there becomes a a kind of art of knowing that when there's strong energies calling us, that's not the time to say, okay, this is just emptiness, having an experience. You know, it's it's like we, we need to really bring, it's courageous, we need to bring our beings to that wave, and then we discover our oceanness through the wave. Okay, so I hope that that responds to that question in a way that's helpful. Good morning. Um, I feel a little bit of uh, fear and sadness and grief at the idea that the Sangha that we've created here is going to be dissolving. And I'm finding that it's intruding very heavily on my thoughts. It's, It's funny because before I came here I was afraid. I even joked with my boss, I work in an office where you wear suit and tie four times a week. And I told her if I came back with a shaved head and wearing robes and sandals, <laughs> that I'd still wear dress socks. <laughs> and now that I'm going back to the virtual reality that I still have waiting for me, I'm mm-hmm. 
also worried how much of this am I going to be able to bring with me and hold on and then integrating all of it because is it okay to, to do all of this and still want to watch the DVR episode I have on my television when I get it? Um, so I, I, those are all sort of flowing along the way and, and I think mixed with that is this sense of and it's a little embarrassing, but I, I feel more a profound sense of connection with this group of people mm. of whom I don't know their names. I haven't spoken a word mm -hmm. with them, but I've seen many of you cry. I've seen many of you laugh. I've seen many of you journaling, sitting, walking, standing, eating, and just sitting. Mm. And I realize that about 95% of the people I come in contact with on a daily basis are strangers to mm. me. And yet the people here, while strangers, I feel more connected to in a profound way mm -hmm. than I, I do with those people every day in, my, in the life I had before I came mm -hmm. here. So I, anyway, I don't know what else to say, but those are the things floating in my yeah. consciousness. Well, the, the latter piece, it, it is very intimate what happens in the silence because it's, it's deeper than our personalities and yet there's this real presence for the vulnerability that's here and the awakening that's going on together so just to honor that, that recognition um, the piece that has to do with then the sadness and going back p partly just to say that just in the same way we have we lean ahead and anticipate what's going to happen on our way here and have anxiety and so on, you can see the pattern of mind. It's, we are so conditioned to prepare and, and to look to see what's going to happen and then have feelings about that rather than the moment by moment. So part of the... It's a really juicy time of practice when you have an ending coming to notice how much the leaning, how much leaning forward there is, because it's through our life. Most of our life, we're tumbling into what's next. There's rarely moments where we say, "Oh, this is the moment that matters." Let me just re let me bring the fullness of my being right here. It's usually so. Let let the fact that that's ahead and that conditioning be another place of practice. Today is a really important day for all of us in that because there's so much uh, has been cultivated already of, of some qualities of remembrance and lucidity that to then bring that to that leaning ahead process and see how many times can you notice that and in some way bow and say, okay, so there's that conditioning. So what is, what's it like right this moment in, in a, an awakefulness right here? Great time to practice with that. So thank you for bringing that in. Yeah. I felt the same way. And one thing I discovered was that um, relationships don't have a deadline. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they are based on process yeah. and timing. They have their own process and own timing. And that's enlightening thought. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much. You know, we, we don't always talk about how much goes on in the relational level here. It's like we're in silence, but all of our relational brain is in action the whole time, picking up and responding to each other. So it's very deep, and there's a reason the Buddha said, you know, it's Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. It's one of the jewels. 
and we can't do without it because we belong to each other. So thank you. Earlier in the week I enjoyed the, um, the real emphasis on noticing when you've left, it's a moment of awakening, mm-hmm. come back and notice the difference. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think I spent 90% of my time coming back and noticing the difference. And now, it's probably the other way, where I'm sort of 90% here. Mm-hmm. And it feels a little bit like I figured out for a moment how to ride a unicycle. And I'm on it. Mm-hmm. But I'm aware that I'm on it. And there's this self-consciousness mm-hmm. of not wanting to fall off, which mm-hmm. is its own, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's its own distraction. It's not that I'm in trance, it's this... I'm riding the unicycle, Uh uh-oh. And so I heard you say in this really quieting meditation that we did, or it was very quieting for me, this too. So I tried to bring that this too to the just stay on the unicycle mind. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you have something to add to that. Yeah. um, First of all, Amy, I love the question because it's true that as we get more present, we start becoming more aware. Sometimes what I describe is the kind of the ghost self, which is the kind of one behind the curtain that is guiding the meditation. And, and there's still a sense of a self that's meditating that wants to do it well. So that's the time when you can begin to start turning the mind and saying, really, you know, who's trying to control this? Who's, who, who's really doing the meditation? You can begin to explore that way. That's one, that's one piece, that we kind of pull the veil just on that background meditator. We have a sense of a meditator there. And if you can see that, there's, that that's another construction, then, it kind of, then you, there's a falling back into just the beingness. Sometimes that one that wants to stay on the unicycle's got a lot of fear to it, like this really matters and I really don't want to fall off. In which case then just to notice what's under what's the mood underneath that voice. Cuz then the then the, your object of meditation becomes the anxiety about doing it right. Does that make sense? Okay. The last thing that I wanted to say is that in, just in the way that we've been enlarging the instructions with sitting, as you move through the day, uh, what we might call informal practice, um, going, moving place to place or eating, as you're doing walking practice, which is a formal practice, you might explore shifting to, from a, bringing your attention, let's say, to sensations to really what it is like to receive the experience that sounds are known, just that, just flipping it, rather than listening to sounds, sounds are known, they're received. As you're moving, as you're walking, sensations are known. Just to explore uh, that inquiry I I, um, brought in last night of, you know, what is it really like for awareness to be experiencing this moment, and then this moment? And what, it, what you might find is that you're, you're bringing in a wider sense of what's happening. You can open your attention. While you might not be having eye contact with each other, you can let your field expand. So you're letting the sense of the energy of each other more move through you. 
Um, it's part of, uh, part of this practice to be more and more open and yet completely here without finding yourself pulled and dragged around. So explore that opening of the attention and receptivity uh, and enjoy your moments. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs>